Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How you doing, Rock of Gainesville? You're looking good. You're looking real good. You're looking awesome. You guys can be seated. Thank you so much. I have my beautiful with me. Doesn't she look good? She makes me look good. All right, baby, you have the mic. Good morning, my, our Rock of Gainesville family. It is so honoring to be here today. There's an old adage that says, never forget where you came from. And this is where I came from. Not this building on West Newberry Road, not the other beautiful building at 9818 Southwest 24th Avenue, not the theater on Newberry Road where we used to meet, not even the cafeteria at Oak Hall School where we used to meet, but the little library at Oak Hall School. 32 years ago is where I was born again. And that is where I came from. Oh, Under it was a process, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, I remember. Thanks for reminding me, baby. Thank you for pointing that I out to everyone. I can't believe you're saved, really, now that I think about it. <laughs> so uh, I want to give honor where honor is due. Pastor George and Pastor Suzanne, thank you for bearing with me <laughs> those difficult days in the Oak Hall Library and sticking with me every Sunday. I don't know that I missed a Sunday in 32 years as well. So those of you who are here today, you are so blessed to be yeah. under yeah. Pastor George, Pastor Suzanne, and the amazing pastors here at the Rock of Gainesville. Yeah. So I wanna bring a greeting from our church that was sent out four years ago from this church. Life Song of Tampa, and we pray for you along with uh, Pastor Seven and me. We pray for you on a weekly basis because you are where we came from. Happy 33rd anniversary. Love you, Pastor. It's, it's interesting. We have these text messages. Um, so I love when Pastor George texts just me. I feel important, but every once in a while he texts both of us. And then, and then, so at the end of the text, she'll say, I love you. And I'll say, I love you. But I have, I'm competitive by nature. So I, I look at what he says back to her and what he says back to me. And, and, and pastor, I, what, what camera am I looking at? I, I, I need to say this directly to him. I know he's watching online. Is it right there? Okay. Listen, pastor, I love you more. <laughs> I've, I've known you longer. We, we served, you guys don't know this, Pastor George and I, we served together. We were in the Rangers together. He was my commanding officer. We were both um, stationed in Panama City, Florida, and I served under him in World Rangers and the Assemblies of God for, for a long time. So, so we go way back. He was my commanding officer. And there's some, when you serve together, there's something, there's a bond that, that just is forged. And so, Pastor, I've known you longer, so I love you more. And Katie's already spoke, so she can't come back up here and try to counter that. So, but it is a joy to, to honor Pastor George and Pastor Suzanne 
for what they have sown into this house over the last 33 years. It's really amazing. And for the journey that Katie and I have had over the last four years, it's even more amazing to think back to what he did. I mean, he was really crazy to do what he did 33 years ago. I mean, I understand having the word of the Lord, but he was crazy to do what he did 33 years ago when nobody else was planning churches. There was no blueprint to go into a, a city and to say, hey, hey, I'm here. I'm, I'm George A. Brantley, and I'm here to start the Rock of Gainesville. I have such respect and honor for him for what he's done. He is my spiritual father in every sense of the word. Everything that we have has come out of the tithe and offering of this house because he's made that available. Everything. It's amazing to think about. I mean, I was, the other day, um, they were using my laptop to make a children's video, and they said, Pastor, Pastor, we don't have any um, memory. Your computer has too much memory on it. And I said, well, give it here, give it here. And I was doing it really quick, and I just pressed, I deleted all the pictures on my laptop. And then it said, you're deleting all your pictures off all your devices. <laughs> and I was like trying to stop it, but it was gone, man. Apple, it had a mind of its own. Everything was gone. So, so, and that took like 24 hours to delete all those pictures. Well, I went back and looked because in my deleted file, hallelujah, they're still there, 17,000 pictures. 17,000 pictures. So I have to, I'm going back. I only have 15,000 to go through. I've gone through 2,000 already. I've gone through and I've been picking the ones I want to keep and then deleting the others. But as I was doing that, I realized that my life's highlights, they've been in this house. They've been in this house right here over, these, over your 33 years and my 29, 30 years. All the highlights, my kids being born, their, their highlights have been in this house. So many highlights in this place, and I am forever thankful, and it is an honor and a joy to bring the word. And I believe this for you, for those of you that are new, those of you that don't know me, listen, your highlights are being established right now. I mean, your highlights up to this point, I don't know how long you've been here, some of you I don't know, I see some faces that I have not met, but listen to me. Your highlights are being established every week. Every week, the angels of heaven are like busy because they have to keep updating the highlights of the Rock of Gainesville. Man, we got to do another edit, man. They're, the Spirit of God is being dropped upon them. They're doing great things. They're missions. They're reaching people. People are being saved. We have to update it again. And they love doing it. Your highlights, week after week after week. And you, I'm telling you, the highlight reel for year 34 is going to be amazing. And they, they might, you know, the angels of God, they might even do a, a what's that thing? Um, one shining moment. You might even get your one shining moment in heaven, since they might not have a tournament anyway. You might get, you might get yours. One shining moment, and it's going to be amazing. <sighs> um, I guess I should get started. Our, our church, Lifesong Church, is, I mean, they love you. They, well, they love Pastor George and Pastor Suzanne. They don't know you, but they, <laughs> they love Pastor George and Pastor Suzanne. We speak about you guys so often. Our last 
anniversary, our, our three-year anniversary, we invited Pastor George and Pastor Suzanne up, and in my heart, I just, in my spirit, I just wanted to honor them. You know, our church, they knew about them, but I wanted them to, to know and to see and to feel and to experience what I was telling them. And I thought, man, you know what way we're going to do that? We're going to, instead of me speaking, our third year anniversary is going to be about honoring Pastor George. So we went back and we honored Pastor George and his, his coming to this city and Apostle Ball sending and releasing him. We had pictures and we showed that so our house could see the connection that, that Pastor George was here because an apostle sent him to start and establish a church. And I wanted them to see that because that history was connected directly to us, that everything that we have was because of this, this history that was behind us. And we honored him and had just a beautiful moment so that our church could see the connection that we have with this house. And it was, it was a beautiful moment. And it was in that moment after that service that, that Pastor pulled me aside and told me about the journey that he had ahead of him with cancer. And I rejoice, man. Hallelujah. Let's just give God a shout because of what he's doing in Pastor's life. Come on, man. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. We thank you for the healing of Yahweh. We bless you, Lord. And doesn't he look good? I mean, I'm telling you what, I know you can't talk about blackface anymore, but I mean, if you could just put that on him right now, it would be really cool, I think. I mean, I, I just think it would be, you know, and then take a picture of Michael Jordan. I just think it would be, you know, it's what he's always wanted. You, you know, it's, I love you, Pastor. All right. He, right now he's saying, move on, move on, move on. The faithfulness of God. I had several titles for this word. The first one was, watch your ask. I didn't think you guys could handle that. I didn't want people going around saying, do you hear Pastor Savin's word, what's your ask? I, I just, yeah, I just, it's A-S-K for those of you that still haven't got that. But I, I didn't think that was a, and then you guys sent me a title. That has never happened to me before. I mean, they call me, hey, Savin, hey, this, this is the title we want, if you can work it in your word, which means this is what we want, work it into your word. So, so the title is The Faithfulness of God. The faithfulness of God, okay, and we'll throw that in, watch your ask might show up. But the other aspect is, is more than, more than. So we have three titles this morning. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I pray, Father, that this would be life to this house. I pray, Father, that it would move them into another dimension. I pray that it would prepare them for year 34 and what you want to do in this house. Father, we thank for what you've done, and we rejoice at what you're about to do. You're a good God. You're a good Father. We love you, and we honor you, and we bless you, and we thank you for setting a man in this house 33 years ago to establish family. We honor him, and we honor you, Father, this morning. We bless your word in Jesus' wonderful name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Somebody said, hey, it's all. It's all, man, but that's okay. You guys do it the way you do it. What would you tell your child upon graduating? They're getting ready to graduate from college. You've raised them, and they're at this point of beginning their life. What would you say to them? I, I read this article, 
And it was talking about, you know, what would you say to your kid to help them be successful as they're beginning their professional career? And this article had four things in it. And the first one was, hey, son, daughter, your first job won't be your last. You guys would agree with that. A lot of you, you know, people change jobs. So and they put all this energy in their first job. Your first job won't be your last. And the second thing the article said, it says, be the CEO of your career. Be the CEO of your career. Manage it. Manage it well. And then it said, communicate with confidence. You know, young people, when they're starting out, sometimes those interviews and those boardrooms and those places, it's hard to speak with confidence. And then the fourth thing it said, it says, listen, son, daughter, what makes you happy might make me uncomfortable, and that's okay. And that's like the dumbest thing I ever heard. But that's what, that's what the article said. And then, then I read another passage in it, and it said, you know, it had some letters that parents had written to their, their kids, and I just highlighted one of them, and it said this. It said, congratulations on your graduation, son. We are so proud to see our little bundle of joy grow into such a fine and mature adult. Continue doing us proud, sweetheart. You know it was a woman that said that because I've never called my son sweetheart. But <laughs> continue doing us proud, sweetheart. Best of luck in your future. We love you. The kingdom says some very different things when they're speaking to the next generation that's going to go forth. And we see an example in a passage I'm going to read to you in 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 9. We see David speaking to his son, Solomon, as Solomon's about to begin his new career path, as he's about to step into a leadership role. David says this to him in 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 9. He says, And you, my son, Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion, and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands, oh, that's so cool, and understands every desire and every thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, son, if you forsake him, he will reject you forever, sweetheart. No, he didn't say that. Powerful words that David said to his son as he's beginning. Some powerful things. Serve him with your whole heart. With your whole heart. With the willing mind. And then he says, son, look, you, you might as well do those things because the Lord searches every heart. Searches every heart. And he understands every desire and every thought. So serve him with your whole heart and a willing mind. And then if you seek him, son, just seek him. You will find him. He will be found by you. Just seek him. And no matter what, don't forsake him. Son, you don't have to be perfect. Just don't turn your back on him. Because if you turn your back on him, if you reject him, he will reject you. Now, that is what you need to write when your kids graduate from college. <laughs> That's what you need to write in their car. That's the text you need to say. That's what you need to do. You need to pull them aside and say, say, son, daughter, this is what I want to say to you from my spirit. This is what I want to say to you in this time, in this season, in this moment. 
Because out of everything that I've done for you to help you get to where you are, what I'm about to say to you is priceless. And it will shape you. It will change you. It will enable you to handle everything that's coming ahead. So Solomon takes this, this advice, and he takes it to heart. And we see it in 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 7. That night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Wouldn't, be, wouldn't you love to hear that? You're sleeping at night and you wake up and God's saying, hey, 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 ask me for whatever you want me to give you. How many of you would wake up then? You would have no trouble waking up then and praying. You'd have no trouble. Oh, I'm awake. I'm, alive. I'm alert, Lord. If it's at 6 a.m., you'd wake up. You would hear that. You'd be ready for that conversation. And your mind would be going on. What, what is that one thing that I want? What am I going to ask for? Solomon answered God, you have shown great kindness to David, my father, and have made me king in his place. Now, Lord God, let your promise to my father David be confirmed, for you have made me king over a people who are as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people for you, for who is able to govern this great people of yours. Mm. Have you ever seen Family Feud? And the families are there, and the host will ask a question. And then the rest of the family is listening to that question, and they always say, good answer, good answer, good answer. No matter what, I've seen them say some of the dumbest answers. And family and friends are like, good answer, good answer, good answer. And I'm so glad my family has never been on Family Feud. Because we would be calling each other out. Right, time out, I need a 30. What, what did you just say? <laughs> and I could only imagine Solomon. If, if people were around him and he could have whatever he wanted and he's asking for wisdom. Whoa, 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 Solomon, whoa. God, give us a second. Give us a second. We're going to have a conversation here. Solomon, look. Solomon. Ask for a million dollars. You can take a, a wisdom class online, okay? Get this, get this, get the, go for the money, okay? I mean, you know how hard it is to lead this kingdom? I mean, there's armies, we're gonna have to fight, we need to, you know, increase the military spending. Come on, ask for money. But he says, he asks for wisdom. And this is what happens after that. God said to Solomon, mm, since this is your heart's desire. Mm. You know, for every great leader, one of the greatest responsibilities is to, is to lead well the people that the Father has placed in your charge, in your care. God said, Solomon, since this is your heart's desire, and you have not asked for wealth, possessions, or honor, nor for the death of your enemies. I mean, that, that would have been a good thing to ask for. When I was coaching basketball, if I found out the, the teams, the team were playing, their star player was hurt, I mean, I wasn't going to go pray for them. 
All right, I'm like, okay, let's play this game, you know? All right, I'll pray for you after the game. But I mean, I was like, okay, hey. I mean, I'm just being honest. But God, he saw his heart since this is your heart's desire. You've not asked for a long life, but for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people over whom I have made you king. Therefore, wisdom and knowledge will be given you. And I will also give you wealth, possessions, and honor, such as no king who has before you ever had and none after you will have. See, there's, in that passage, we can see that there's, there's a key to getting more than you ask for. There, there's some keys in there that makes us want to watch your ask. <laughs> the faithfulness of God is released when these things line up in your life well. And we can see it in David's advice to his son. One of the first things he said, three keys to getting more than you asked for. Number one, serve God with your whole heart. With your whole heart. Father, I'm committed to serving you. If you could just make that commitment, Lord, I'm committed to serving you and serving you well. And if you could just, number two, serve God with a willing mind. Look, God is searching your heart. So he knows whether or not you're, you're, you're serving him with your whole heart. He knows whether or not you're holding bits and pieces back or whether or not your whole heart is given and devoted to him. He knows. He searches your heart. So David said, man, if you're going to do it, Give him your whole heart. Serve him with your whole heart. And then he said, you have to have a willing mind because he knows your thoughts. He understands what you're thinking. So position your mind to follow the Lord with a willing mind. There is a difference between doing it because you have to and doing it because you have a willing mind. Because I love you, Lord. We just sang songs of worship to the Father, and we lifted our hands because we love him. The Lord says, serve him with a willing mind. And then the third thing that David said in that passage, delight yourself in the Lord. Seek him, and you will find him. Delight yourself in the Lord. What does delight mean? It means, uh, Lord, I'm satisfied in you. I don't need another religion. I don't need entertainment. I'm satisfied in you. Another term, I'm delighted in you. I'm everything that I have, Father. I desire you above all other things. I desire you. I delight in you. I'm fully satisfied in you. I find great pleasure in your presence. It satisfies me. I am happy. I find great joy when I gather in your house. Lord, I delight in you. I delight in the family you've joined me to. I delight in everything that you are. I delight in bringing my tithe and my offering in your storehouse. Lord, I delight 
in you. All of this brings me great pleasure and joy and happiness. I'm satisfied when I'm walking with you, Lord. Psalms 37 verse 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you what? The desires of your heart. So in other words, he's saying to everybody, everybody in this building, he's saying, hey, ask me what you want and I will give it to you. He didn't just say it to Solomon, he's saying it to you right now. Ask me, ask me what you want and I will give it to you. And how is that established? By serving him with your whole heart, with a willing mind and delighting in him. It's circular. When you do those things, when you do those things, he says, he says, man, I will give you the desires of your heart. When your heart is wholly devoted and given to him, he says he will give you the desires of your heart. Sometimes you don't even have to ask. He knows it's in you. And he makes a way, he opens a door for you to walk into the desires of your heart because he's a good God, he's a good father. It's not just Solomon that gets the benefit of, God, thank you for giving me whatever I've asked for. No, it's for every believer. He gives you the desires of your heart. See, I will delight myself in the Lord when my team wins and when my team loses. I'm going to delight myself in the Lord. I'm going to delight myself in the Lord in an election year. I'm going to delight myself in the Lord. Our church, Lifestone Church, was birthed in November of 2016. Hello. I didn't realize what was happening. I didn't know what was happening, but we picked that date. And now we're about to celebrate four years. Four years. 2020. It's all about Lifestone Church. They think it's about the election. It's all about us. It's all, I'm just waiting on CNN and Fox to get this so they can come interview me. Because God's doing something. I delight myself in the Lord in an election, in a good economy, in a bad economy. I delight myself in the Lord. When, when the answer is what I want, I delight myself in the Lord. When the answer is no, Savin, it's not time. Put it on a shelf, Savin. I delight myself in the Lord. And when you live that way, he gives you the desires of your heart. Sometimes it's those things that you, you've been afraid to say to your wife, to anyone, because people will think you're crazy. But God gives you the desires of your heart. Sometimes you don't have to verbalize them. And he's making a way for you. Listen to this, Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. It says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, this is so good, hold on a second. Mm. And to the one who knocks, and to the one who knocks, you gotta get this, and to the one who knocks, and to the one who knocks, you can't sit there apathetic. You got to knock on that door. You got to knock sometimes. Because it says, and to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Do you know people? Do you know what happens when the door opens? You don't know what happens when the door opens. When you've never seen on the inside, 
You know, you roll up to someone's house, and you roll up, and you're like, there's no way they can afford this house. This house is too big. They don't, it, it, it's, it's only a, a husband and a wife. They don't need all this house, six bedrooms, and all. they don't need all this house. And you knock on the door. Then, you, then, then you're waiting for it to open. When it opens, you're like, what? This place is amazing. And then you just start stepping inside and you see things that you didn't see. And you see this room and that room. And you see this place and that space. And then you start going through the house. You're like, hey, can we go in here? What's in this room? Can we go in this room? Guys, when you knock, the Bible says, that door will be open. I'm telling you, sometimes to get the desires of our heart, we need to go knock, knock. It's not a knock, knock joke. We need to go knock, knock. God's like, hey, hey, Sven, what's up? I'm like, Lord, there's some things in my heart. There's some things that I've been sensing, Lord. I think you're, you're leading me. There's some things that are in my heart. There's some desires there, Lord. Is, is, this, is this for me? Is this time? He's like, oh, I was waiting for you to knock, baby. I was waiting for you to knock. Come on. And he opens that door, and I step in. What? Life song, church. There's no people, but we got a building. <laughs> and you keep walking. You keep walking. God opens the door. I'm telling you, something crazy happens. And we have to be willing to go knock, knock. Knock, knock. Lord, there's a stirring in my heart. There's something I'm believing you for, Lord. I haven't verbalized it to anyone. Knock, knock, God. I, I'm believing you for, Lord, you're going to show up in this moment. Knock, knock. God, there's some things I need financially. I need some doors to open. Knock, knock. There's a business in my heart that I want to establish, that I want to begin. Lord, is now the time. Knock, knock. God, there's dreams in my heart for my kids, for my sons, for my daughters. Knock, knock. God will open the door for you. Don't be afraid. Don't be timid. Bam, bam. Knock on that door. <laughs> knock on that door. Mm. Sometimes walking through that door will cost you. Sometimes you knock, knock, and once you step, oop, you're there. It's like, it's like when you have to go speak at another house, and when you get on that stage, it's like, uh, ooh, you're there. <laughs> you know, you're there. I called Andrew a couple times and said, Andrew, I might need you to speak, man. I just don't know if I'm ready. I might need you to speak. He was like, hey, I'm ready for you, Pastor Sven. No, he did not say that. <laughs> that is not what he said. Sometimes when you knock through that door, when you knock and you walk through that door, it's not as easy as you think. Sometimes there's challenges. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it will test every ounce of your faith. It tests everything that's inside you. But you gotta remember, you knocked on that door. You walked through that door. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, we hear about Jesus. Jesus came to this earth. And he entered a human body. He felt everything that we feel. The God of the universe. He had it all and he became human. Not just human, but he became a little baby. I would have at least came at, like, I would have skipped the teenagers. I would have said, okay, look, I'll do this, Father, but I want to go in at 21. 
Okay, uh, just beam me down at 21 years old. This baby stuff, I don't know. I mean, could you imagine? You know, he's a baby. And he grows up. And then we find himself in Matthew 26, verse 39. It says, he went a little further and he fell on his face and he prayed saying, oh, my father, if it is possible, if it is possible, I, I, I can just feel it. Just four years into being a senior pastor, and there's some moments where I have felt like, God, if it's possible, there's a way you can make this easier. If you can just take a little of this burden, just that I'm fit, can you just make it easier? And he said, he said, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But then this is what he says, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. See, sometimes when that door's open, you have to keep walking. You can't stop. You have to keep walking. And this is what I love about this passage is that we can see in Jesus. The same thing that David said to Solomon. If you read in Proverbs, Solomon said these same things to his son and to the sons of the earth, the sons of his kingdom. But we can see with Jesus that his heart was aligned with the Father. We can see that his whole heart was devoted towards him. We can see that he had a, a willing mind. We see that he delighted in his father. And it was because of those three things that he quickly said, Lord, if this is possible, if there's another way, if there's an easy way, if there's a shortcut. But if there's not, I'm devoted to you. My whole heart is in this. My whole mind is in this. And I'm not afraid of it being hard. I'm not afraid of it being difficult. I don't need a shortcut, God. I will go the long way that you've established for me. I'm going to walk this thing. And so Jesus says, nevertheless, not my will, but your will, because I gave you my whole heart. I'm all in. What happens to Jesus? Man, people in every nation worship his name. He's the most loved person to ever walk the earth. He's the most read about person to ever live. He's the most talked about person. He's, people are still writing songs about Jesus. I mean, David was writing songs. The people are still writing songs and they're still singing. They're finding new ways to express their love to Jesus. I can only imagine his disciples that saw everything happening because they walked with Jesus. And they're beginning to understand what Jesus was doing when he went to that cross. And they realized that God was doing something bigger because God does more than you ask. More than you ask. I could just hear them praying, praying, Father, if there's any way to take him off that cross. In their fear, in their running, I could just see them praying, God, is there any way, Jehovah? God gave them more than they asked. He came off that cross and he established his kingdom. And I could just imagine the angels of heaven and the disciples going before Jesus and saying, Jesus, Jesus, can you do that thing again? Peter, come on. 
Jesus, can you just do it one more time? I love it when you do that thing. So he's okay, okay, okay. All right, people, gather around. Would you please raise your hand if you were at my first service? And they're all just right there. And Peter's like, I love it when you do that. He's like, I was there, I was there, I was there. I was there. Because every time I look back and I see our population of believers growing in the earth, it excites me because I was there when it began. I was there when it began. So every time I see somebody get saved, every time I get so excited because the cloud of witnesses, I remember it was just a few of us. Now there's thousands, hundreds of thousands of believers in heaven celebrating what is happening in the earth. Part of that great cloud of witnesses. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, it says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than, more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. God does more than we ask. When we knock, knock, he does more than we ask. Our church in year two, year two, we had a leak in our roof. I looked and I said, oh no, because I knew we didn't have the money to fix it. Well, I didn't know. If it was like $500, we could handle it. So I called the guy, found out somebody in my church, he knew a roofer, he came by and looked at it. He said, yeah, I can do it. It's, it's, we just need to repair that one thing right there. He said, it's going to be $2,500. No, he said, $2,700. I said, what? He said, I can do it for $2,500. What? I, it didn't work a, a third time. It stayed at $2,500. So I said, okay, we got to get it fixed. You know, we can't have it leaking. And that, that night, Saturday night, I could not sleep. Yes, I'm telling you, your pastor could not sleep over $2,500. And that night, Holy Spirit just ministered to me. He said, I want you to bring this to your house. We'd never brought this to a house, and we're two years old. We never had a financial need that we brought before the house. And you guys are laughing at this $2,500. That's okay. I went before the church, and I shared with them. I said, guys, while I was sleeping last night, Holy Spirit said that I'm not to carry this weight by myself, that I'm to present it to the whole house. And I presented the need to them, and we received an offering. But you know... I count the offering. So you know, I couldn't, I was like, people stop talking to me. I got to get home and count this offering. I went home and counted it, and it was $2,600. You shouldn't clap yet. Then I got a text from a, a young man in our church, really awesome guy, but young guy, but has his own company. He's a sharp young man. He said, hey, listen, um, I didn't have anything with me, so um, I just want you to know I'm going to take care of the whole roof. He said, I'm gonna, so I'm, I'm paying online right now $2,500. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I called Pastor George. I said, Pastor George. Now, you guys have just received like a million-dollar seed offering, okay? <laughs> but, but, I, but I called him up anyway because I knew he's a spiritual father. He rejoiced with me. I said, I said, Pastor, and I told him the whole story. I said, we received an offering of $2,500. He's like, Hallelujah. And then I told him what happened with the other guy. He's like, yes. He said, now look, you make sure that money was given for the roof. So you put that money aside for a roof. I was like, 
I said, okay, that's wisdom. So I put that, so we had like, um, we had like uh, you know, $56,000, $5,100 in that account for our roof. So the guy came by and fixed the roof. I was like, I was so happy. Yeah, fix it, man. I can't wait to pay you because we have the money. So he fixed it and then it was awesome. Guys, a week later, the other side started leaking. I had to call him again. Guess how much it was? $2,500. God gave me more than I needed, but it was exactly what I needed. <laughs> he knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. He's a good God. He gives us more than we ask. You know how some people say, um, you better be careful. You're going to get more than you ask for. When they say that to you, say, yeah, I'm counting on it. I'm hoping on because I serve a faithful God. <laughs> I serve a faithful God, and I hope he gives me more than I ask for because I love him with all my mind, with all my heart, and I delight in him. So I'm counting on him giving me more than I asked for because he's a good daddy and he gives good gifts and my heart is aligned with him. I want to wrap up like this. I want to tell you about the faithfulness of God in this way. Remember I said that God came to Solomon and said, what would you ask? I'm going to give you whatever you ask for. I've always thought you know, what would I ask for? But today, I just want to imagine what Pastor George would ask for. As a young kid, look, he grew up in a dysfunctional home. I mean, it's just, it, it's up here with all of them. It was just some crazy stuff, man. It was crazy. When you look at him, you can't tell. Well, maybe you can't tell. <laughs> but, 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 I mean, it was dysfunctional. 20 years of youth, man, it was crazy. It was messed up. But if I look at his life now, I, if there was a thing that I believe pastor would ask for, I believe a desire of his heart, he, I, I could sum it up in this. He wouldn't ask for money. He grew up poor and dysfunctional. I mean, money, money would have been a good thing to ask for, but I believe Pastor George would ask for family. Father, I, I want family. I want to experience it. I want to taste it. I want to smell it. I want to feel it. I want a whole family. So then I just see the journey of Pastor George's life. And then all of a sudden he sees Pastor Suzanne. And that, that desire that it was in his heart was coming together. And he sees her and he's like, he's like, knock, knock. Not to her house. This is to God. This is in the secret place. He's like, he's like, knock, knock. God's like, yes, George. He's like, man, there's some things in my heart. I think I, think I found the one. I think I found the one. What does the father do? He says, you're right, you found the one. He opens the door, so come on in, step in, step in. And then two people become one, Pastor George and Pastor Suzanne. This desire that's in his heart, it's beginning to, the plan is coming into action. Then God gives them Nathan, Andrew, and Luke. This family's coming together. He's experiencing family in his own family. And pastor, he was a great father. I was a youth pastor for his kids. He was a great dad. Pastor Suzanne was a great mom. They loved their kids. And then he has all three of them. And then pastor's like, knock, knock. He's like, father, there's some stirring in my heart. 
think I'm supposed to go plant a church, God? Are you in this? God's like, I was waiting for you to come. Come on in. He's opening the door again. Come on in. I'm sending you to Gainesville, Florida to establish and birth the rock of Gainesville. He walks through that door and finds himself here in Gainesville, Florida with three kids. And then God begins to do something miraculously. He starts bringing in people from the north, from the south, and from the east and the west. He's given pastor more than he asked. Pastor, you know, I would think he would have been satisfied with just his wife and his three kids, but God's like, no, 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 I have more for you. I'm giving you more than you asked for. So he starts bringing in people from all over Gainesville, all over the state of Florida, all over the world. He starts bringing people and they start making up the rock of Gainesville. Black and white and Puerto Rican and Asian, all, all the flavors of the universe start coming to this one location, the rock of Gainesville. Then his sons grow up. Then Andrew's like, knock, knock. He's like, knock, knock, knock. I mean, he's excited. He's like, knock, knock. He's like, God, there's something stirring in my heart. I think I found the one that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. And then Pastor George st steps out. No, you didn't. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. So Andrew had to put it on a shelf. He had to put it on a shelf. Then he came back a little years later. He's like, knock, knock. He said, God, I know that she's the one. I feel it in my heart. And he said, okay, go talk to your dad. He opens the door. Then all of a sudden, there's Andrew and Jessica. Then Nathan goes on a mission trip, and he comes back. He's like, knock, knock. He's <laughs> like, Lord, there's, there's this young lady, and I believe you're joining me to her. Father's like, you're exactly right. He opens the door. Nathan walks through. Then another kid, the youngest son, is watching all this. He's waiting on his moment. He's like, boom, boom. <laughs> He's like, Lord, I, I'm sensing in my heart that this young lady's the one. And God's father's like, yes, it is. And he opens the door and he walks through. And all of a sudden, now there's Luke and Ollie. This family's expanding. God's given him more than he asked for. Then these these wonderful families start doing, I don't know how this happened, but we just said they were married. We didn't say they could start having kids, but they started having kids. They started doing marriage things. Next thing you know, Caroline shows up. Next thing you know, Evelina, then George, then Wyatt, then Juliana, then Peter, then Ari, then Stella, Jordan, and Scarlett. And all of a sudden, pastor looks and he sees, Lord, you've, you've given me more than I've asked, more than I've dreamed for. He's, you've given me family. And not only that, he gives him a family of all these kids and all these great, and they all stay in the same city. He gets to see them all the time, more than he asked for. God's faithful. He's given them an amazing family. And he's given an amazing family that makes up the rock of Gainesville because God is faithful. See, the faithfulness of God gave him more than he asked. 
in Matthew 25, verse 23. This is, I just got to end this. I got to say all this, guys. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. You've been faithful over a few things with a willing mind, with your whole heart, delighting in him. You've been faithful over a few things. Knock, knock. Lord, there's something in my heart. You're right, you've been faithful. I'm gonna give you way more than you asked for. Enter in, enter in to the joy of the Lord. You know what the joy of the Lord is? It's understanding your purpose, understanding your place, knowing where you're supposed to be. The joy of the Lord, you don't read that scripture and think it's about heaven. It's about right here, right now, right in front of you. What are the desires of your heart? Enter in, enter in. Don't be afraid to knock, knock. These are the desires of my heart, Lord. If you've been faithful, then he's gonna begin to multiply what's in front of you and give you the desires of your heart. The faithfulness of God gave pastor a family that looks like heaven, a family made of people from all over the world, a family that continues to withstand changing times and changing culture and be the body of Christ in this city, black and white, living together, worshiping the Lord together. It's greater than what you see on sports teams. What happens in the church and the house of God is amazing. It's amazing. I was watching the news the other day and this, this young lady got attacked because she wouldn't raise her hand. It was hilarious to me. These white people are saying, raise your hand because Black Lives Matter. And then the show I was watching was asking the people, what would you do if you were put in that situation? And I just couldn't help but just to go down that road, what would I do? If I'm sitting there having my meal, That depends on where I was eating, number one. But I would, I just hope it happens to me. Just surround me and please have your cameras rolling. Because our church needs some exposure. <laughs> we're trying, to, we're growing. But I said, when they said, raise your hand, I, I would say, you know what? I'm going to raise you on that. I'm not only going to raise one hand, I'm going to raise two. And I would, close, I would stand up and I'd raise one hand and I'd, raise, I'd say, hallelujah, Lord, I bless you. And in my spirit, in my heart, I would be going, knock, knock. In my spirit, I'd be going, knock, knock. God, are you about to do something? Are you about to release your love over this restaurant? Are you about to shake this place with your love? Because what our world needs is a love revival released in the land. I would be like, knock, knock. I would raise my hand. Jesus, we bless you. We honor you. You're a good God, a good father. And I would just begin to bless them. And if that didn't work, if I opened my eyes and they were still there, I would just start, oh, la, la, my shaka, la, la, la. They, they would leave then. They would leave then. <laughs> God's given this house an amazing destiny. You're an amazing people. All the colors of the world. You love each other. You have a great pastor. He loves you. 
And this family is not just about what's here now, because God gives you more than you ask. So it's about who he's going to add to this house in year 34. The reason why I said watch your ask is because sometimes we need to ask and we just need to watch it. We need to see, man, this is what I asked for and this is what he's doing. So that you can just give him praise. You can give him thanks. God, you give me more than I asked for. You got to watch it so that you don't forget. You don't take it for granted. I mean, you guys asked for this building. You were faithful. God's given it to you. Don't take it for granted. Watch your ask. <laughs> and give God glory. Give him praise. Give him thanks every time you walk through this building. Give him thanks because it's a beautiful thing and he needs to receive honor for it. And you, know, you not only have this building, but goodness gracious, you have so much land. We have four acres. God's going to do great things in this church. If you're married, I want you to stand, please. This is how I'm wrapping up. If you're married, I just want you to stand. See, see, if you're married in this house, I just want to tell you, stay married. Stay married. One of the... I, I love being a youth pastor because I don't have to deal with this divorce thing. It's one of the hardest things I deal with. Listen to me, you, you men, don't be a knucklehead. Love the woman you're standing next to. Love her. Love her. The things that the Father wants to do in this house, it requires unity. It requires you loving your mate. Remember, there's a time, there's a season when you went, knock, knock. And God said, yes, enter in. This is the one I've chosen. This is the one. This is, this is her. This is him. When it gets hard, when you go before the Father and you're bearing your soul, Lord, is there any other way? Is there a shortcut that can make the pain I'm feeling go away? Is, could, is, can, we, can we fly instead of walking from here to California? He's like, no, no, no. You have to walk. You have to walk because I'm going to teach you some things on your journey. And trust me, because I'm going to give you more than you asked for. I'm going to make your love greater tomorrow than it is today. Keep walking. Keep journeying. Don't quit. When it's hard, you have to do those same three things. You have to say, Lord, I've given you my whole heart. Lord, I'm coming before you with a, with a willing mind. And I'm delighting in you. Even when it's hard, even when it's tough, even when it's difficult, I'm delighting in you, Lord. And you do those three things. God will heal your marriage. He will give you more than you ask for because God is a faithful God. He's a faithful God. He's a faithful God. Don't quit. If you need help, get help. But don't quit. Knock, 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 ask. God will open doors and heal your marriage. If you're a child, stand. Children, 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 high school, stand. Middle school, elementary, stand. Kids, preschool, just stand. Listen, listen to me, young people. Listen to me, young people. Hear me right now. Honor your mother and your father. Honor them. 
Listen to me. God will give you more than you ask for. The dreams that are in your heart, the desires that are in your heart, he will give you more than you ask for. If you're single in here, please stand. College, young adult, men, adults, women, I don't care how old you are, 80, 80, 100 and under, stand. God has a purpose and a plan for you. Listen to me. Don't be afraid to knock, knock, and ask for what you are desiring. God wants to give you the desires of your heart. And collectively, together as the rock of Gainesville, as a house, as a group, as intercessors, I want you to go knock, knock, because God's going to bless you in year 34 like you can't imagine. You can't even imagine what he's going to do. He's gonna give you, and Pastor George and Pastor Suzanne, this amazing pastoral team, and all these volunteers, he's gonna give you the desires of your heart. Revival is coming to Gainesville, Florida. This place is gonna be filled with people that love God, that love God, that worship him. Knock, knock, doors are opening. In Jesus' name, doors are opening for the Rock of Gainesville. I love you guys, be blessed. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.